Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast where we explore stories of lives changed by assisted reproductive technology. I'm Ellen Trackman. I'm an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology law, or art law, which we call for short sometimes. Uh, I also write a weekly legal column of the same name, I Want to Put a Baby in You, for the website Above the Law, focusing on legal issues of assisted reproductive technology. Uh, I love to speak at events in the area. I have four kids uh, my, uh, myself, and, uh, and I'm an Aquarius. And I'm excited to speak with my co-host and sister, Jennifer White. Whoa, whoa, I didn't know I had to give you my sign today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I Or blood type. Oh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure I actually know my blood type, so you might be out of luck there. Uh, I, I am Jennifer White. Uh, I am a Virgo. Uh, I do juggle being a parent and a dog mom. Uh, I'm the owner and director of Bright Futures Families, along with Ellen Trackman. So we own that together and uh, keep ourselves extraordinarily busy all the way through. So today, we, um, before we start, I'd like to invite anybody who is interested to please call our hotline number and leave messages, or you can even text the number at 303-997-1903 and give us any feedback you have. Uh, if there's something that seems particularly relevant, we would love to play it in a future episode. Once again, 303-997-1903 for our hotline. But today we have the absolute honor of speaking to Jennifer Nelson, who is the founder and program director of An Angel's Gift, which is an egg donation service. And she, we both know her personally. She, We consider her our friend. She is a really incredible human being and a, a hands-on uh, person all the way through the process. We, we trust her fully and we love her and we're really, really excited to hear her story today. I am very excited to be interviewing Jennifer Nelson today. Jennifer, who I consider a close friend from all of our, our time together, working together, um, aside from running an egg donation agency called An Angel's Gift, she herself is a seven-time egg donor. She's also been a gestational surrogate. Um, aside from that, I'm, important for the donor part, she happens to be absolutely beautiful. So fit, long blonde hair, large, gorgeous blue eyes. I'm, I'm sorry, to that, but I just have to throw it out there because it's radio. So I have to describe it. Oh okay. my gosh. Um, Thank you so much, Ellen. Gosh, I feel like you're my biggest fan. <laughs> I'm starting a club. <clears throat> but, so we did want to talk to you today about your experience as an egg donor. Um, I guess just to dive into it, how did you first hear about egg donation and what was your initial perceptions of it? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, how I first heard about egg donation, I don't remember exactly how I first heard about egg donation, um, to be honest with you. Uh, it may have been from a radio ad, but I did remember hearing that I could be compensated $5,000 for a donation. And being a young single mom at the time, that was, you know, definitely a lot of money. So, of course, um, that was what originally caught my attention. Um, however, more than the money, you know, I definitely remember how the concept itself just kind of fascinated me. Um, 
I guess you could say I was just really captivated with the thought that a couple out there would think highly enough of me that they would want to choose my genetics to have a baby, right? <laughs> so, yes, we have already spoken right? on that. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to post pictures on the website. Awesome, awesome. Just the good ones, just my good side. Um, so I guess, you know, in a way you could call it a little bit of narcissism, right? But um, it was truly an incredible thought to me. So having just heard about it for the very first time, though, the whole process was really foreign to me. Um, I didn't know enough about it, you know, to really take the time to research it. Um, so I just kind of put it on the back shelf of my mind for like a year or so. And then it was brought up again about a year later, maybe when one of my coworkers, um, whom I was very, very close with, uh, started to have fertility issues of her own. Um, her and her husband had been trying to have a baby for a really long time. And they did finally get pregnant on their own, but miscarried. And, um, I just remember how heartbroken she was and how she cried, you know, when she told me about the news. And um, after that, you know, they were able to pick themselves up and move on. And she confided in me one day that her and her husband were going to use an egg donor to have a baby. So like, ta-da, it was back in my mind again. Um, and I was, you know, the only one that she told about it, you know, kind of in confidence. But um, yeah, again, that brought the thought process back into the forefront of my mind. And but you weren't an egg donor for her. No, you didn't become her. No, egg I was not her egg donor. She was going to a different clinic and her process was completely anonymous and she wanted it that way. And she had told me in confidence because she didn't want anybody to know that she had used an egg donor. So um, a lot of intended parents want don't want people to know, you know, that they've used an egg donor to get pregnant. Um, you know, so after she shared that with me, it became a little bit more tangible in my mind um, because someone that I personally knew was going to use an egg donor. So that's when I finally decided to look into it. And, um, you know, I think my sister was probably the first person that I told <laughs> that I was considering donating my eggs. And <laughs> uh, I was so worried that she was going to think I was nuts for even considering it. Um, I was pretty sure she was going to tell me I was crazy. But much to my surprise, she told me that she had actually thought about it herself um, several years ago. So once she said that, I was like absolutely shocked that not only did she not think I was crazy and out of my mind, but that she had actually considered doing it before. Um, so I think, you know, the fact that um, she had thought about it kind of normalized it for me and made me think that maybe it wasn't as alien of a concept as I thought it was. So, you know, her support was definitely encouraging enough for me to finally decide to apply. Um, and I did with a local egg donation agency. Okay. So you finally decided to apply. What was the actual application process like? Oh, <laughs> so the application was like 27 pages long, give or take. Um, it had a lot of questions about my personality, my education, my childhood, my reproductive and sexual history, my health history, my family's health history. Like, I seriously felt like I was applying for the CIA. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the whole time I was filling out the application, I just kept imagining this couple reading over my profile and just being smitten by me and having these immediate revelations 
of like, she's the one, uh, you know, like I was trying out for the Miss America pageant or something and hoping to be chosen as a top contender. Um, so, you know, after agonizing over all of my responses and digging up the best Polaroid photos, if that doesn't age me, um, to submit with my application, I finally completed it and submitted it. Okay, so what happened after you submitted it? So, um, yeah, after I submitted my application, I waited. I remember, um, you know, I kept like really anxiously checking the website every day to see if my profile was going to show up in their list of donors. And one day it finally just did. I don't even remember if anyone from the agency called me to tell me that my application had been accepted. I just saw it pop up on the agency website one day. Um, so then I just waited for that call to be notified about, you know, this couple that was obviously going to be immediately smitten and overcome with my profile. And it didn't happen. So oh, wow. <laughs> I waited and waited and waited some more. Um, and after like five months, I just kind of forgot about it. Um, and then one day out of the blue, someone from the agency called me and told me that there was a couple interested in my profile. And, you know, honestly, I remember after realizing it wasn't a telemarketer, I kept saying like, who is this? You know, a few times because I just wasn't immediately understanding what she was telling me. So um, once I realized that, you know, it was the agency and they were telling me that there was a couple that liked my profile, I got off the phone and I did a happy dance and I, I feel like I, I had won the lottery. Like that's what I remember feeling like after I got off the phone, I was so excited and flattered. And then, you know, reality kind of hit me and I was like, Oh crap. What have I just gotten myself into? <laughs> Did they tell you anything about the intended parents? Did you know who they were or anything about their situation? You know, it, I don't remember if they did. They just told me that it was a couple that had um, that was local, lived in Colorado, which is where I am. Um, I think they told me that they had been trying to conceive for a couple of years and um, that they had been told by their doctor that, you know, they needed to use donor eggs and I matched the characteristics of the intended mother. So it was a match. <laughs> Excellent. So walk us through this first donation then i mean were there any major surprises what did you expect just what was the whole experience like so um so like i said um i got to find out a little bit about the couple just through the agency but i did not um ever get to meet them and we did not exchange contact information or anything like that so um we did however get to correspond through the agency uh through emails and we did that quite often and so even though i didn't meet this couple um that i agreed to donate to i can say i i fell in love with them and i wanted to do everything in my power to to help them so you know the first step um was a bunch of medical tests to make sure that i was a good candidate to donate to donate my eggs um i had to go through um 
the their IVF clinic where they were working, um, where they tested my ovarian health to make sure I would produce enough eggs, and they screened me for drugs and infectious diseases and so on. And I even had to visit a psychologist and answer like this really lengthy multiple choice test to rule out any uh, personal history of psychotic disorders, I guess. <laughs> um, so you could definitely say it was pretty in-depth, right? Um, but once I had passed all of those tests, um, then we got to the point where I had to sign a legal agreement with this couple. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Was that the best word, <laughs> right? Legal paperwork is pretty sexy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the legal agreement, like, um, outlined the parentage, basically guaranteed that they would be um, considered the rightful parents of any children born using my eggs and kind of outlined what my obligations were as an, uh, as an egg donor and, you know, our intent to stay anonymous from it each other, etc. Um, so after that was complete, I was able to actually start the medical process of follicle stimulation, which required injections. Now, like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, like heart stopping word right there, right? Like, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, I knew that I was gonna have to give myself injections when I signed up for this process. And I totally thought I could handle it. But yeah, so when I was sitting in the nurse's office where they were like showing me how to give the injections to myself, you know, and there's this big box of medications and syringes sitting on the table next to me. In my head, I'm screaming and running out of that office and telling them, I can't do this. There's no way, you know. Um, but I decided like, okay, suck it up, brought the box of scary needles home with me. And I just kept telling myself like, you can do this, Jennifer, you can do this. And <laughs> when I gave myself that first injection, honestly, I barely even felt it. And um, so then of course I felt like an idiot for working myself up so much about that first injection. Did you ever have anyone help you or did, did you really do them all on your own, self-injection? So I totally gave myself all of the injections, but there was a lot of back and forth with that first injection between my husband and I, where I told him like, you do it. No, get away from me. I'll do it. Okay. No, I can't do this to myself. You do it. <laughs> Until I finally just like kicked him out of the bathroom and said, I got this. I can do this. And just bit the bullet and, and I did it. Um, so I guess if you had to say there was something surprising about the process, that might be it, you know, because I really didn't anticipate how much I was going to kind of fear the injection process or my reaction to it. Um, but it all worked out. It was fine. And so I had to give myself those injections for like 10 days. And um, while I was giving myself those injections, I had to go to the clinic like every other day for blood work and ultrasounds so they could determine when my follicles were large enough to schedule retrieval. Um, so yeah, once my eggs were at a certain size, I was instructed to take uh, a trigger shot. And then the retrieval was scheduled 36 hours later. Okay, so this is my big one, because this is the one I always hear a lot about. Was the retrieval procedure itself painful? No. So uh, 
the procedure so the procedure took place you know early in the morning and i showed up about an hour and a half before my scheduled procedure time and um i had even brought a gift for the intended parents that i was donating to <laughs> and left it with the ivf nurses to give to them um so what was your gift <laughs> baby gifts like like a little like some bibs and some little baby outfits um That's so which, you know, I was pretty like positive, you know, that everything was going to work out. Um, so, you know, finally, when it was time for the procedure, I was placed under IV sedation. So I was asleep and didn't feel anything. Um, they aspirated the eggs through an ultrasound guided needle, which uh, was inserted into my vagina. So then I didn't have any surgical scars or incisions to worry about. And I believe the retrieval procedure lasted only like 15 minutes or so. And since it was an outpatient procedure, I was released to my driver to go home after maybe about an hour of recovery. And then, um, you know, I felt pretty okay afterwards. So despite all of that, you know, um, the minimal pain, the work and everything else after everything was said and done, you know, I knew that it was going to be worth it to give this couple a baby. And then not long after my first donation, I was actually chosen by another couple. And that couple lived in Canada. So I got to travel to Montreal, where I completed my second donation. Wow. Did you do all of your retrievals under sedation? Yes, I did. Um, no, I did not. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, three of my donations that were done in Canada um, were actually, um, I, they were medicated, but I was uh, not sedated. So I was not asleep. I was awake during the procedure. So that's not something that commonly happens. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't even say that that commonly happens in all of the IVF clinics in Canada either. Um, it was just this one particular clinic and their reasoning to me was that they were not tied to a hospital. And so if anything were to go wrong with like, you know, res needing resuscitation, which is rare, but, you know, they were just uh, wanting to be very careful with that aspect of it. So so just this one particular clinic. Um, so, yeah, I, I was awake for some of my procedures and they weren't even that bad, you know, or painful. Wow. So those first couple of donations, did you find out if they worked and if there was a, a pregnancy from your donation? Yeah. So... I did um, hear from the agency that unfortunately um, neither one of my first donations worked and I was just like so shocked um, because for some reason in my naivete, I really just thought that egg donation was this magical surefire recipe for success, like um, them telling me that they didn't work out. I never considered the possibility of it not working out. And so, you know, ultimately I was heartbroken for them, but I also wondered what that meant for me and for my own chances of ever getting chosen again as an egg donor. You know, I just kept wondering um, if I had done something wrong or if there was anything I could have done differently in either one of those cases uh, to have guaranteed a successful outcome but in both of those cases you know the IVF clinic said the eggs looked fine so they just they didn't know why why they didn't result in pregnancies and so you know 
I remember feeling relieved that the physicians didn't think it was related to my eggs, but I still felt really bad. I felt like I was cruel in some way for giving these couples hope and then it not working out. Like it was somehow my fault, you know? So um, I offered to do another cycle for both of these couples altruistically, meaning I didn't want any money. I didn't want to receive compensation. I just, I wanted to help them get pregnant and I was willing to try again. Um, And so the first couple did not take me up on my offer, but the second couple uh, from Canada did. So I got to fly back to Canada a second time where I completed my third donation. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it worked this time. Um, Yay, they got pregnant with twins on their first try. (laughs) Exactly. And so after I got that happy news, I was so relieved. And I finally felt like I'd really helped someone. Um, You know, so so that was like the first success story. And then after that, I went on to complete four more donation cycles, which I was told were all successful. That's amazing. Do you, from all those times, from the seven total, do you know how many children are genetically related to you from all your donations? So I don't know exactly how many children. Um, I know that I helped um, five couples total, and I know of at least two sets of twins and one single 10. And although I do know that the other donations resulted in pregnancies, um, I was never updated on those outcomes. So how does it make you feel knowing that there are children out there who are genetically related to you that you've never met? Honestly, completely fine with it. Um, I know there are children and families out there that exist specifically because of me, and that makes me happy beyond measure. Do, do you keep in contact with any of these parents or children? Yes, actually, one of the couples I donated to was actually an open donation. Um, And so that one was really unique. And to date, I would have to say that was probably one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, The parents actually found me on a fertility forum where I was blogging about some of my egg donation experiences. And they had reached out to me and asked me if I would consider donating to them. And I agreed. And uh, they were this couple that lived in Texas, but they were working with a clinic in California. Um, So they flew me, my husband, my daughter, and their surrogate because they were all they also needed a surrogate and her family to this beautiful beach house in San Diego, California. And all of us, including the intended parents, lived together in that beach house for several days. And during that time, we informed such an incredible bond. I remember one of the nights, um, the intended mother, surrogate, and I all sat down and watched the movie Baby Mama (laughs) (laughs) and just yeah laughed until we cried it was of course an incredible like incredibly appropriate for the circumstances right so um but most importantly you know I actually got to be there when the intended mother got that phone call from the clinic to tell her how many eggs they had retrieved they told her they had retrieved 20 eggs from me and I remember she Uh just 
burst into tears and she couldn't even talk on the phone anymore. You know, they had been on their infertility journey for years and years and years. Um, and so it was just kind of like this culmination of like, wow, finally, you know. Um, and so after she got off the phone, while she's still crying all these tears of joy, she gave me the biggest hug. And it's just a moment I'll never ever forget. And I still keep in touch with them and their surrogate on Facebook and um, occasionally get to see pictures of their little girl. They had a little girl every once in a while. That's great. And the 20 eggs you said they retrieved, just for people who wouldn't know, is that is that a lot? What's kind of the average when someone goes to an egg retrieval? So the... I guess if you had to say the industry average for, you know, the women in their 20s, I would say is anywhere from like 15 to 20. You can have women that um, produce less eggs uh, or, you know, certainly there's those super responders out there that might get like 40 or even 50 eggs, which are on the less common end of that spectrum. Um, but yeah, 15 to 20 eggs is about average. Okay, you've you've cracked my really cold heart, and I'm over here like almost crying. So, uh, is it is it weird seeing pictures um, of your donor egg conceived child? I mean, it's not your child; you're genetically related gamete basically <laughs> no i'm gonna struggle because i'm like over here trying not to cry <laughs> well I, I i did not intend to make you guys cry today but it is a very emotional journey and you know on on all sides you know so no i would not say that it is weird seeing pictures of her at all um i've actually seen pictures of three of my donors babies and while it's like weird to or odd I guess you could say to be able to pick out certain features that look like me like uh, oh they have my nose or I feel like they you know have my eyes or my chin set or whatever you know I never look at those pictures and think of them as my own children you know they're children of the families I've helped that just happen to have similar features I guess you could say <laughs> are you registered with the donor sibling registry so that any of your recipients or donor children that you aren't in contact with right now could reach out to you in the future? You know, I've been meaning to get on that. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm not. Um, and I, you know, it costs to sign up to the donor sibling registry. And I, so I just haven't taken the time to do it. But I really do want to. Um, the donor sibling registry just recently became a little bit more popular, honestly. And at the time of my egg donation cycles, um, you know, which was all the way back to 2009, it wasn't recommended as much as it is nowadays. Um, nowadays, it's really encouraged that intended parents and donors sign up. And typically, the intended parents pay the registration fees for their donors. So, um, you know, just as a way to keep that door open for contact sometime down the road through that website, but that wasn't offered to me when I first donated. So if I did want to sign up, I'd have to, you know, pay the registration fee, but I definitely do want to because um, while I would never seek out intended parents or, you know, their children myself, I would absolutely love to meet any of my donor children um, if they ever sought me out. And have you kind of envisioned in your head what that meeting would look like or what you would say if someone came up to you and happened to look a lot like you and was like, <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> hey, you look like me. <laughs> 
You know, I, I would definitely say um, the very first thing that comes to mind is that I would want to hug them. I would want to give them a big hug and I would want to tell them that I love them. I, I do, you know, in, in my own strange little way, I love them. <laughs> and I would want no, to tell cry. them how oh, no. amazing <laughs> their parents are to have gone through so much to bring them into this world. So I know you mentioned earlier, you told your sister that you were talking about doing this, but have you told your children? I mean, and obviously I assume your husband knows as well, but any other family members, have you told them and how do they feel about this? I have told everyone. <laughs> I'm very proud of the fact that I've donated my eggs. Yes, everyone in my family knows. And um, they've all been very supportive. My son is a little too young to understand, but my daughter, who is now 15, understands um, very well. And she's very proud of what I've done. Uh, she actually went to California with me for my um, 2010 donation for the open donation that I was talking about earlier. And she was about eight years old at that time. Um, so we told her exactly what why we were there. Uh, we told her that I was there to help this nice couple have a baby and that I was going to give them some of my eggs to help them do it. And she thought that that was pretty neat. So it just has been the norm to her since then. And now she actually likes to brag to her friends about how I've helped other, you know, families have babies. Mm, that's really sweet. Um, have you had any negative feedback from, from family or friends? I'm curious if you had or how you would have dealt with that. I I have not. You know, I, I think for the most part, people feel like it was my decision. And um, a couple of, you know, people within my family through like in-laws and stuff have actually had their own infertility journeys as well. So I think for the most part, most people are touched in one way or another by people who have struggled with infertility. And that's a lot of the reason why a lot of women, um, partially why they decide to uh, sign up to donate their eggs because we've all known somebody who has been touched by infertility in some capacity or another. So um, you're always going to have those people who kind of react out of fear because they don't understand the process or they have these wild, you know, imaginative uh things or risks that they perceive egg donation to be, which a lot of times are, you know, hearsay or not true. So you're always going to have people who might um, not know enough about egg donation and might have a negative feedback about it, or people who have said comments like, I could never give up my baby, you know, um, which is just a different mindset and a lack of knowledge because, you know, obviously, you know, as an egg donor, you're donating an egg, but you're not giving up your child. So I would have to say as far as my experiences have gone, my friends and family have been extremely supportive and sure you get those weird comments once in a while, but on the whole, it's been positive. That's great. Um, as the owner of an egg donation agency, you have so much expertise. I'm sure lots of people have great questions out there. And I wanted to get your story out there, but I would love if you could tell a little bit about um, kind of different options and the qualifications for those women out there thinking, hey, this might be something I want to do. Um, so to start, I know there's like agencies, there's clinics, there's independently matching. Can you tell us a little bit about those different um, options for being an egg donor? Yes, absolutely. Great question. So, you know, um, 
in order to donate your eggs, you uh, some clinics do have in-house databases where they have their own donor pool that intended parents can choose from. But a lot of times they don't even include photographs of the donor. And so intended parents are literally just going off of um, a profile and a donor's written responses. And, you know, that... Um, demographic is definitely changing nowadays. Uh, but back in those days, you know, definitely when I donated, that was definitely the case and still is true to a lot of agencies today. Um, so there are also, uh, or clinics, excuse me. So there are also um, agencies out there that basically act uh, like matchmakers, for a lack of better words, um, where they help you build a profile and they non-medically pre-screen you. And then um, they get referrals from different clinics and intended parents come to them seeking an egg donor. So the way I explain it to a lot of people is kind of like match.com, right? Like these intended parents go on and they're looking for a, an egg donor that um, matches their search criteria for whatever reason, and they can actually browse through different profiles of women with their pictures and, you know, then whatever they've put in their profile and, you know, decide whoever they want to work with. And so in general, no, not, not anybody can donate. Um, you know, there are certain qualifications. Um, you know, most of the time a donor needs to be between the ages of 21 to 30. Of course that varies, um, you know, between clinics and agencies, um, but she should be, you know, like height, weight proportionate, non-smoker, non-drug user, um, healthy menstrual size cycle, that type of a thing. Um, and she does not have to previously have had kids of her own, but, you know, sometimes that kind of reassures the intended parents of her fertility, I guess you could say. But those are just some of the general qualifications. When someone applies to be an egg donor, um, like what percentage are actually accepted or matched to and actually go through a retrieval? Do you, do you know? I, that's a, that's a tough question. It's a very good question. Um, so I would venture to say maybe 10% of the original applicants actually um, go through to be published in our database. But some of that is lack of follow through on the donors part as well. Um, you know, sometimes you get uh, these women who sign up to donate and then they change their minds and decide that that's not the right decision for them for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I would say maybe about 10%. <laughs> wow. So Jennifer, you are the most beautiful person I know on the outside. <laughs> as I'm going to well, keep you guys. <laughs> as well as the most beautiful person in the world on the inside. I, you have no idea how much we appreciate everything you've done to help grow families and the fact that you've come and spoken to us today. So we really appreciate you. Thank you, Jennifer. And I'm sure we'll have you back to Absolutely. get more of your expertise. But thank you for joining us today. I would, I would love to be back. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate this time. Lesson of the day today. I think, again, it's one of hope that there are people who are amazing out there, like Jennifer Nelson, who are willing to, to give and really be there for other families when you have the ability to help, that some people want to use that to, to help others. I, I find her so inspiring. 
if, if you love what you hear, because, you know, today is Valentine's Day, or even if you just kind of like it and want to be friends with what you hear today, uh, we would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and tell people how much you either love, like, or, or just want to be our friends. Uh, we would appreciate it greatly. Also, if you're interested in continuing the conversation with us, please, please go over to Patreon and join our community there. We have a community under the name of I Want to Put a Baby in You. For just even a minimal subscription fee over there, you can continue the conversation, be added to our Slack community, keep talking to other like-minded people who are interested in the same subjects. And additionally, we have bonus content that comes out that only comes out via Patreon. So you can only get that there if you subscribe to us. So we would love to see you there. Thanks for joining us. And a uh, final shout out to Chris Wright at Work at Bird Studios in Denver. Thanks for all your, your help with engineering these uh, podcasts together. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.